The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Well, it's the last week of Advent. That's the last of the four weeks, and we have one more theme to talk about. The first week we talked about hope. The second week we talked about light. The third week we talked about joy. And this week we talk about love. So, I want to ask you, Nope. Love. I want to ask you, have you ever seen someone do something that was loving? Yeah. What was it? Um, on TV, I saw people propose. Oh, yeah. So people propose to one another. People get married. That's part of love. Yeah. What else? Have you ever seen someone do something loving to someone who wasn't their spouse or someone they were married to? Yeah? You have? Good. Good. Sometimes the loving things seem to go past us so quick that we forget to remember them. 
every time that someone stays with you when you're sad, or every time someone helps you when you're angry, or every time someone plays with you and you're joyful, that's a loving thing to do. Every time your parents help you all the day long, those are loving things to do. Yeah. Whenever you hug your sister and say thank you for making me feel better, that's loving? Yep. All of that is loving. The reason I would talk about these things is because I want you to know that Jesus, that God, loves us. And it's not just that feeling in your heart, but Jesus cares for us, and Jesus stays with us, and Jesus helps us, and Jesus walks with us, and Jesus does all the things, all the actions of a loving person. When we see love, when we feel love, we remember that God does these same things for us too. We're also asked to love one another. To share that love with one another. To do the good things for one another. So I want you to think of someone who loves you very, very much. Can you think of someone who loves you? Good. When you have that person in your head, I want you to keep thinking about everything they do for you. Okay? Now... We're going to light the, all four candles today, and someone's going to help me. Who has not helped me so far? Anthony, I don't think you've helped yet. So, Anthony's going to help. We are going to keep thinking of the people who love us. And I want you to know that that love comes from them and from God. Sound good? We're also going to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. All right, are we ready? Here we go.
Shall we say a prayer? Let's pray. Holy are you, God of steadfast love and faithfulness. You promised to make a covenant with your chosen ones to establish the throne of your servant David forever. As we light these candles, open our hearts to the mystery of your incarnation revealed to your servant Mary and plant your word in us that it may grow and prosper. Show us your favor, O rock of our salvation. Reveal your love to us and strengthen us for service in your name. Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. There's been a whole lot that's been written all about the Magnificat. All about the song that Mary sings here in the later part of the pericope, of the text that we have today. I think there's a lot of tradition around this text. I think there's a lot of energy that can be had around this text. But I think it's also rare that we listen to the text. Sometimes we take this song of Mary's as happiness over her now realized pregnancy. But I think it's more than that. See, Mary is happy and Mary does indeed consider herself blessed. We see that. But when we look through her song, the blessing isn't just about her, is it? It's about all the people in the world. When we get to the end of the song, it's a remembrance, it's an echo, it's a continuation of the promise that God made with Abraham and Sarah and their descendants forever. That promise went something like, to Abraham and Sarah, that whoever blesses you will be blessed, and whoever curses you will be cursed, and through you all the families of the world will be blessed. That was the promise that God made with Abraham and Sarah. And Mary sees this birth, this child, as a part of that promise that all the families of the world would be blessed through Jesus. That's a neat, tidy little package, isn't it? Mary stands in the line of this covenant, and Mary continues this work by the grace of God, with the grace of God, for all the people of the world. And I think we can all get on board with something like that. But it's when we look at the middle part of her song that things can become uneasy. Mary's talking about this blessing in very specific ways. Ways that Isaiah talks about this same blessing. Ways that Micah talks about the same blessing. Ways that most of the prophets talk about the same blessing. Ways that Jesus will talk about this same blessing. Ways that John the Baptist will talk about this blessing. She talks about 
the rich being brought down and the lowly being brought up. That the hungry be filled and those who, have, those who are rich be sent away empty. That the ones who have little be given and the ones who have a lot have it taken away. This part of the song is scary. Because I don't know about you, but I have a little bit of money. Actually, I should be honest, shouldn't I? Compared to the rest of the world, if I take the rest of the world on average, I am rich. I am. And I'm not often hungry. I mean, I'm hungry at like four. (laughs) But I'm not often hungry because I haven't eaten for a day. And no matter what age I am, I have a good deal of power. I have a good deal of authority. I know many of you are in the same boat I am. And so when Mary sings about, and when Jesus will eventually come to preach and teach about, and when John the Baptist calls for the hungry to be fed, and the load to be lifted, and those who have nothing to be given, I'm on board for all of that. But it's just the other part of the equation that gets a little bit tricky, where the kings and those in power are brought down. And those who are rich are sent away empty. And those who have a lot have it taken away. You see, I get swept up in the way the rest of the world thinks about stuff. Which is, I work, and I work hard, I earn it, and it's mine. I work, and I work hard, I earn it, and it's mine. But Mary seems to be singing about something else, which is, you work, and you work hard, you share it, And it's all God's. You work, you work hard, you share it, and it's all God's. And that flies right in the face of the thing that I wish, of the thing that I cling to when it comes to my riches and my food and everything I have. Now, it's easy to start hearing this song like it's a song of vengeance, like it's a song of anger, like it's a song of retribution. But this song is always meant to be a song of blessing. This is the way, sings Mary, and this is the way, claims Isaiah, and this is the way, teaches Jesus, that all the families of the world are blessed. (coughs) All the families of the world are not blessed through, I work hard, I earn it, it's mine. All the families of the world are blessed. Through I work hard, I share, it's God's. Because remember, the poor aren't beaten and cast out. I'm sorry, the rich aren't beaten and cast out. They're just taken down from power. And I should be able to survive without power. At least this amount of power. 
And the rich aren't sent away empty never to buy food. They just have what they need to buy the food. And those who have a lot have things taken away. But it's not like they're not fed too. You see, when the plane gets leveled, in the words of John the Baptist, when the rough waves made smooth, the valleys lifted up and the mountains brought low, when these things start to get evened out, me and my richness will lose something. You and your richness will lose something too. But the promise of God is that this will be a blessing for the world. The promise of God is that for these things to happen will be a great blessing. Also, God's not looking for our okay. Mary's singing about what God's going to do, not what God is politely asking to do. Mary's singing about what's going to happen, not what God hopes one day might happen. This is our future, our near future. So what does this mean for us? First and foremost, it means that God is concerned with all God's children, the poor, the rich, and everywhere in between. It means that God cares what you do with your riches, and God cares what you do with your power, and God cares what you do with your food. And ultimately, it means God won't leave you to rot in your riches. And God won't leave you to suffocate in your power. And God won't leave you to gouge yourself on your food. No, God will bless you. God will give exactly what you need. God will give the poor exactly what they need. And all the families of the world will be blessed. This Christmas, this year, I want you to think of how your life is going to change. I want you to think of how your life's going to change when we move in this transition from I work, I earn it, it's mine, to I work, we share it, it's God's. Know that God will be with you in the days ahead. Know that God loves you as these things are happening. And know that as we freely take up this task, there's blessing for you too in the midst of it. This isn't easy. But this is the challenge of Mary's song. God be with you this Christmas and this year. And these things. Amen.